This is that groovy opening music. Hey, 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 welcome to the Pastor Duke podcast video version coming to you from East Greenbush, upstate New York, near Albany. Thank you, Pastor John Westfall, for sharing your studio with me. And we're going to get down to business with the Word of God. Of course, you know, prophecy is my main thing. It's what affirms me that the Bible is a supernatural book. Man couldn't have written it if he wanted to, and he wouldn't have written it if he could have. People are asking me all the time, how close might we be to the rapture of the church? Of course, Jesus made that very clear to us. Nobody knows the day or the hour. But he said, when you begin to see all these things come to pass, look up, your redemption draws nigh. All those things, I use a word called convergence. All these things must converge. They must come together in the time of the end. And the Bible gave us a whole bunch of those things. I'm thinking of like a jigsaw puzzle. Prophecy is like a jigsaw puzzle with maybe 500 pieces or so. There's actually 10,365 prophecies in the Bible, but just take about 500 of them. And it takes a while to, to fit all that together. But today I'm going to kind of pull it together in a convergence way. You know, a child's puzzle might only be about six or seven or eight pieces. And I'm going to give you seven of the main events that makes me know that the time of his appearing is drawing near. Now, I know the Church of Jesus has always believed in the imminent return of Christ. I always have. And I, every generation wants Jesus to return. And the Bible says there's a special crown for those that love his appearance. So I take, I make no apology for loving his appearance. I make no apology for believing that these are the last days. And if I'm wrong, who cares? <laughs> I'm excited about his coming and that's what's really important. And his Holy Spirit will empower us for uh, the last days. So I, I think of the first uh, advent of Jesus Everything had to converge. There were hundreds of prophecies of the coming Messiah in the Old Testament, beginning in Genesis 3.15, through the seed of a woman, a woman without a man having a child that would crush the serpent's head and he would bruise his heel. That was the first messianic prophecy that a Savior, Redeemer we call Jesus would come. Isaiah clarified that a bit. He would be born of a virgin. Behold, a virgin will conceive. Micah, chapter 5, verse 2, 520 years before Jesus told us where he would be born in Bethlehem of Judea. Uh, Daniel gave the complete time frame of the coming of the Messiah in chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. We know that his son would come out of Egypt. That's when Herod declared war on the babies and Joseph was tipped off by the angel to flee to Egypt for the security of the child. When Herod died, he returned. So that prophecy was fulfilled. Everything had to converge. Uh, my son shall be called a Nazarene. And he, he took him back to Nazareth where Jesus grew up and we commonly call him Jesus of Nazareth. And so all of these prophecies had to converge. Uh, even world conditions had converged. We have a universal language thanks to the Grecian empire. Uh, 
Hellenistic influence upon the world to give a common trade language. That was very important for the spread of the gospel in one generation uh, at the time of, of, of the birth of the church. Uh, we also have a world uh, security, as it were, in travel like never before because of the Roman Empire. So everything was coming together. And then you got the priests over there at the temple for the dedication of baby Jesus. The Holy Spirit had told him, you will see the Messiah. And he waited. He get, became an aged man, and it all converged. And he held that Christ child at the dedication and knew that he knew that he knew that this was the Messiah. So all those things had to converge. Likewise, now here, as we wait for the second advent of Jesus, major things must converge. Number one, <laughs> Israel is God's hourglass. Always look to Israel. Uh, because Israel rejected Jesus as Messiah, Jesus warned of judgment that would come. Luke 21, 24, in the Olivet Discourse, he was gave a lot of general signs about the conditions of the world morally uh, in the time of the end, earthquakes, famines, all those kind of general signs. But specifically, he said, because you rejected me as Messiah, and Luke 21, 24, four prophecies. Number one, the Jews will fall by the edge of the sword, and that happened in 70 AD with the fall of Jerusalem. Number two, the Jews would be scattered all over the world. Now, that had never happened to a people group ever before in the history of the world, but guess what? It happened to the Jews exactly as Jesus said in 70 AD. And Jerusalem, unthinkable, but was taken over by the Gentiles in 70 AD. <laughs> the Jewish capital for a thousand years was now an occupied territory by the Romans. Now, here's where it gets exciting in that verse. It says, until the time of the Gentiles be fulfilled. <laughs> that brings everything right up to my lifetime, I remember as a 13-year, well, let me back up just a moment. The Jews were called the wandering Jews for over 1,900 years. That's called the diaspora. They had no homeland, but they remained a distinct biological people group through the ages. That's a uh, anthropological miracle in itself. Uh, but <laughs> Hitler's trying to wipe them out in the 30s and into the early 40s with the Holocaust. Who do you think might be behind that? See, Satan knows that Israel is uh, God's chosen people, and he hates them, always has, always will, and will have one more final blow against Israel in the time of the tribulation under the Antichrist, where God again will pull them out into the wilderness, as he had done before, and supernaturally protect them. And so the major sign of our time is the Jews must come home, and they did in 1948. But more specifically, Jesus said in that text, the city of Jerusalem would be retaken. And Israel was not, uh, they, it, they were reborn in 1948, but Jerusalem was not retaken until the sixth day, the miracle six-day war, June 5th through 10th, 1967, they came home. They retook the holy city, Jerusalem, and that's the way it was on June 10th, 1967, according to Walter Cronkite. I remember watching this as the Jews came into the Wailing Wall, which you have pictured behind me here, and the first time Jews were welcome and legally able to be at this wall over and since the temple was destroyed in 70 AD. The Jews were home. Jerusalem was retaken. And that is the 
greatest sign of all. I have a podcast called The Greatest Sign of All. It gives you lots of details of how God supernaturally did that right in front of the world's eyes against all odds, against political expediency. It was miraculous. And as you learn about it, you'll see the miracle that God did right before our eyes. But I promise you, the media won't tell you anything about this. The public school system won't tell you anything about this. But sign number one, the biggest sign of all, Israel's home, Jerusalem's retaken. Number two, the nations are aligned. I have a podcast that went up about six, eight weeks ago called Northy, Southy, Easty, Westy. As we see the power brokers politically in the last days, how things would line up among the nations setting up for Armageddon. Just in a thumbnail presentation of that in this format, just kind of getting the big pieces of the puzzle together, the nations will align, the Bible says, like this. The Western power of the Antichrist, probably NATO, probably including the United States, which will stop in the last days, not even mentioned in the end day scenario, which makes me think America is going to continue to decline and then just be kind of forced into, as President Biden said, we must lead the way into the new world order. So we have the Western power of the Antichrist opposed by the Russian, the Northy, the Northern powers aligned with Iran, Ethiopia, Libya, Ezekiel 38 and 39. Ultimately, they will march against the uh, mountains of Israel, Ezekiel 38. Uh, who is, And the reason why they do that is because the Western power uh, broker, the Antichrist, is sitting in the temple of Jerusalem claiming to be God. And, it, and the great bear of the north, Russia, wants no part of that. They don't want to be controlled by this Antichrist, so they come down and fight against the mountains of Israel to persecute the Jews, and God supernaturally destroys them, Ezekiel Ezekiel 39. And so we have the Western world, the Antichrist. We have the great bear of the North, Russia, and her allies. I saw those nations line up with Russia soon after I was saved. When I got saved in 1972, Iran, Ethiopia, Libya, they were allies of America, but not so today. The Bible said they'd line up with Russia, and that all happened. Go to my podcast, Northeast, South, East, West. It'll give you a lot of details on that. We know the kings of the South are not happy. The first political thing the Antichrist does, Daniel chapter 9, verse 24 to 27, as he uh, confirms a covenant with the Jewish people, brings peace to Israel. He's the protector, as it were, of the nation of Israel. What does Islam think about that? They've had it. And to so please Allah, according to their eschatology, their future events, their prophetic view, they will so please Allah by going after Israel, going after the Antichrist, uh, to so please Allah that he'll release the imam from the well and uh, Islam will conquer the world. That's what they believe and they're ready to act upon it. That southern caliphate of Islam is brewing as we speak. Right now in world uh, economies, Islam's being pushed to the back burner, even though they possess a lot of the world's energy reserves in oil and natural gas. They don't like to be number four in the the list of of power brokers in these last days. So the kings of the south, things are brewing there. Russia, the great uh, bear of the north, aligned with with her allies. And then uh, so I see in uh, the Armageddon, 
battleground number one, the kings of the south come up and they're destroyed. The king, uh, kings of the north, Russia and her house, they come down from the north. They're destroyed supernaturally by God. And then, of course, the final battle, Revelation 9, says the hordes of the east, the kings of the east will come, an army of 200 million. And for a, a thousand years, people mock that verse. You can't take the Bible literally. That's just not true. That's not possible. Whoever heard of such a thing? Uh, guess what? China has one-fifth of their populace prepared for military uh, activity. <laughs> What's one-fifth of 1.4 billion? It far exceeds the 200 million Revelation brought up in chapter 9 almost 2,000 years ago. So we have the rebirth of Israel, the retaking of the holy city, Jerusalem, and the alignment of the nations are set just like the prophets said they would be. Number three, the culture that we live in in America. And of course, America is still probably the best place to be. But Jesus said, culturally, as it was in the days of Sodom, so also shall it be at the time of the coming of the Son of God. And so here we are. Look what's happening around the world. The LGBTQ movement kind of governs the curriculum in our public schools in America, which once claimed to be a Christian nation. Obama officially and joyfully, he proclaimed America is no longer a Christian nation. Unfortunately, I think he's right. But just the moral decline, I remember as a child, dirty TV was beaver cleaver falling in the mud puddle. And now we're living in an anything goes society. Uh, we are so woke today, people don't know where to go potty, and children are suffering, suffering uh, gender dysphoria. It, it's a horrible, horrible situation but it's not a surprise. We were told 2,000 years ago by our Messiah, our Savior Jesus, morally where things would be when he returns as Sodom and Gomorrah. Major sign in our face. Breaks my heart, breaks God's heart. And I'm thankful I always bring this up whenever I talk about uh, sodomy. We have had number, a number of, of uh, homosexual people find Jesus, the same Jesus who saved me, save them. They've repented of their sin. They stopped being actively involved in homosexuality, committed themselves to heterosexuality, denied their own emotions, denied themselves, became obedient to God, were born again by the Spirit of God, and delivered from that. And today they love their families, their children and grandchildren just as much as I do. So there is victory in Jesus for anybody. Number one, Israel's home. Number two, the nations are aligned. Number three, Sodom is here. Number four, money. Watch the money. <laughs> Follow the money. It'll tell you everything. We, I did a whole podcast just recently on money in the end day scenario, the economics of, of, of the final days. James chapter 5, verses 1 through 3, make it very clear there's going to be an economic collapse. And that's what we're seeing all over the world economically. The World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab have been trying to bring down the different currencies of the world. Uh, that organization was founded in 1972, and their goal of one world government, one world currency, which will be a digital currency, and it's all most here. When I first read about, you know, the mark of the beast, Revelation chapter 13, uh, uh, 
it just seemed like a Star Trek movie. But now all the technology is here, which really brings me into the next point. But money, follow the money. Money will collapse. It'll all end up into a one world currency, a digital system, a cashless society, predicted in Revelation chapter 13, verses 14 through 16. Follow the money. Number five, technology. This is the one for me that kind of lets me know we're almost home. When you read about a single human being, the Antichrist, having the ability to control the commerce of the world, kind of lock down the world. Maybe COVID showed us how things could be locked down very suddenly. And we're going along. And March 2020 came and we're all locked down, not just America, but the world. He couldn't pull this off without technology. And you, I remember reading about the false prophet and the image of the beast giving power that this image statue type thing, computerized situation, would would speak and they worship the image of the beast. And, and how could you have this statue speaking? Well, artificial intelligence. I just had artificial intelligence. Uh, you call her Siri. I call her Sally. She read uh, the Bible to me, the book of Jeremiah on my way over to do the podcast today, artificial intelligence. We just take it for granted. It's just every day it's, it's in our face, but you know what? 20 years ago, it sounded absolutely impossible. So the hardware is here. The software is here. The facial recognition is here. The computer technology is here. The digital currencies almost here. Uh, the personal identification chip is here. Uh, uh, the the cloud is here. The 5G is here. Uh, the space links are here to gather all the information on all the people. And I remember 9-11 uh, way back when in uh, uh, Republican President uh, George Bush signed the Patriot Act. It sounded so good. We'll surveil the bad people. We won't let them come and do anything bad to us again. We'll watch them and we'll, we'll see it coming. Well, who did they surveil? under the Patriot Act, everybody. And now uh, our own government is weaponized uh, against citizens who don't drink the, this present government, this globalist government Kool-Aid. Uh, they are attacking. They are litigating. They're locking up. They're arresting people who have a strong voice to expose the globalist, satanic, demonic movement. Uh, it's seen in our schools with the CRT. It's seen in our schools with the LGBT agenda, uh, the sexual sexualization of our children and this confusion of gender, which they're pumping down our children's face. Satan is coming after our children. And so we just watch all of it converging. Technology is absolutely huge. The Antichrist could not do what we know the scripture says he will do unless he has all this technology at his disposal. And my friends, 10 years ago, it wasn't here but it's here today. That system has been used the last five years in China. <laughs> it's, it's in use, and the Antichrist plans on using the same technology to lock down the world in the middle of the tribulation with the mark of the beast. So technology is huge. Number six, genetics. 
<laughs> Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Go back to the book of Genesis and see what was happening in the time of Noah. What was it that they did that crossed over God's line? And we see the sons of God, I think that's the fallen angels, cohabited with the daughters of men, some kind of a demonic human thing, some kind of a transhuman uh, thing that happened and the results of that genetically the bible says they were men of renown there were giants in the land that day exactly what happened theologians have been debating for years but here's what we do, do know and we all agree upon whatever it was they crossed the line god said noah build an ark. And I believe we're living in what I'll call a genetic apocalypse. I have a podcast going into detail called the genetic apocalypse, where men in recent days, if I'm putting it in my own observation, I saw Molly, the sheep that was uh, cloned in Scotland. I actually saw Molly a few years ago in Edinburgh in the at the museum in Edinburgh, Scotland. And man is starting to tamper with the DNA molecule, which is the building block of life. And God is the author of life. We didn't even know there was a DNA molecule until about 50 years ago in electron microscope. And we understood a little bit about genetics just by watching the results of cross-pollination and cross uh breeding of of animals but now we see it the double helix the ribosomes the chemical the amino acids chemically coming together to form life and man can't figure out how to produce that but we can they call it's called crispr is the word where they can slice and dice the genes and so it went from cloning with molly to genetically modified plants and oh it'll help us feed the world which it sort of did but in my view it kind of started feeding the world with uh, food that's not so healthy and it's ultimately bringing uh, horrific diseases upon our people especially cancer and that's another prophecy jesus gave in the olivet discourse in the in the time of the end there'll be famines earthquake and pestilence and that greek word pestilence is the word loimus it means the disease or malignancies and so it's all it's all converging together medically food wise <laughs> genetically genetically modified foods and now we have in these uh, RNA uh, vaccines, a genetic modification of people, uh, mad scientists messing with the human genome. It's called transhumanism. You need to go and study out Yuval Noah Harari, Y-U-V-A-L Noah Harari, H-A-R-R-A-R-I. Google it up and hear in their own words. He's Klaus Schwab's main man. These are the people that Bill Gates, uh, George Soros go to uh, for their wisdom. Uh, he's uh, he's Jewish. He's brilliant scientist. He's gay. He, he's atheist, and he hates any concept of God and biblical, ancient uh, tradition, morality. He hates it. He's their go-to guy. In their own words, listen to it. Transhumanism. Who'd have thunk it? And so we have the genetic apocalypse, which I think man has crossed the line. Jesus is coming soon. And then, last of all, to kind of close this up, to pull it all together deception. When Jesus was giving his most famous sermon about his second coming, we call the Olivet Discourse, he began that sermon, be not deceived. 
Then we fast forward to Revelation chapter 18, kind of like aftermath, looking back on all that just unfolded with the rise of the Antichrist and, and God's destruction of the false prophet and the Antichrist, looking back like, how in the world did that ever happen? How did the populace of the world buy into this? Why did they follow such an evil one? And the scriptures say, Revelation 18, by their sorceries, all the people of the world were deceived. That word sorceries is the Greek word pharmakia, from which we get the English word pharmacy. It literal meaning means enchantment with drugs. And when I first saw that back in 1972, I'm thinking, well, man, that was me. I'm, I'm a, I was a pothead. I was uh, deceived by, you know what? That, that word, <laughs> that prophecy, Revelation 18, isn't really talking about hippies smoking dope out behind the barn. That it's talking globally. The global populace is deceived. I believe these vaccines that were introduced uh, to the world through COVID are the deception. They, Satan always packages things in a pretty package. It sounds so good. Isn't he called an angel of light? He makes evil things look good, and he makes good things look evil. <laughs> I believe the vaccines are the deception, and the greatest deceptions come from the greatest deceiver, who is Satan, the father of all lies, a murderer from the beginning. We see in Revelation chapter 6 through 19 the death of like 75, 80% of the world population. Of course, we have the raptured out. The church is gone before the tribulation begins. And during those horrific seven years of the tribulation, massive die-off of human population. And for those of us who studied prophecies for years and years and years, and we look at this death jab that seems to have been, uh, the world has been deceived and bought into, wow, it all seems to be converging, as Jesus said. When you begin to see all these things, look up your redemption draws nigh. When all these things begin to converge, and he gave the illustration as a woman in travail, so also shall the coming of the Son of Man be. You know, a woman, she's with child. She knows she's going to have a child. She doesn't know when, but she's kind of waiting for those contractions to begin, often the the, the breaking of the water, we say, and the contractions begin, and they start out uh, mild, and they start out slow, and then they intensify, and they come more rapidly until finally the child is born. Transition and the birth. Jesus used that illustration to pull all of these prophecies together. And so, my friends, the time is near Israel's home, Jerusalem's retaken, the nations are aligned. These are huge signs. We're back to Sodom. We're back to uh, the days of Noah. Genetic uh, apocalypse is upon us. Uh, watch the money, the digital currencies, almost here. The technology, every eye shall see. That wasn't possible if you lived in the Western Hemisphere to see what was happening in the Eastern Hemisphere. But now we do through technology. We can see anything happening anywhere in the world almost in real time. Technology is absolutely huge. The mark of the beast, the technology is here, uh, and the deception, it's everywhere. People have 
divorce themselves from the Bible. They're biblically illiterate. They know something's up. They know uh, evil is encroaching, and they see the locking down of the populace of the world. They see the losing of freedoms, especially here in America. The freedom of speech is almost gone. Uh, YouTube will never play anything I put up online. Thank God for some hosts that still do. But we've been silenced in the mainstream media. We've been silenced in the educational system in America. But hey, we got Jesus. We're on the winning team. He's coming, just like he said. He told us what to watch out for, and we are. And it's just like he said it would be. And I don't like what's happening, but he told us it would happen. He lives inside of us. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And so my friends, today, just to kind of pull it all together, convergence. I hope you'll like, share, download, (laughs) help me get this message out. Invite your unsafe friends to listen to this podcast. It'll help them to get a biblical idea of what's happening in the world all around them. Maybe you'll start asking more questions. Listen to more uh, of the podcast, as it were, as well. Hey, also listen to my friend, uh, Pastor John Westfall, according to John, uh, where I am his co-host. We get together and do uh, podcasting together. We're podcast married, actually. (laughs) But uh, hey, thanks a lot for tuning me in. It's pure joy on my part. And uh, God bless you till next time. Bye-bye for now.